Hello, and welcome to Mike, DJ, and Doc, the show that plants seeds for cultivating new culture. Hello, welcome back, everyone. If this is your first time listening to the Mike, DJ, and Doc podcast, welcome. If you have already heard us before, you are family. All right. Oh, yeah. Doc, how you doing? This morning. Hey, all is well. How you doing this morning, Mike? All right. Everything good down in Chattanooga, Tennessee? Yes, it is. Yes. What about your way? Everything's doing pretty good up here. I mean, the weather's been pretty nice. It's heading into the fall season. So, like, we're in yes. that transition. Get some cloudy yes, days, yes. get some cold days. But I guess I believe the hot days are behind us. So, we just moving gotcha. forward into that. Other than that, everything's going know? well. Well, good, good. All right. We got going on today. Well, today we're going to be talking about our episode 37. This one is called America's (laughs) Sleeping Giant, the Unrealized Votes. Now, I know if you tuned into episode 36 on last time, well, we had Senator Rachel Ventura come in and explain some of the things that she was working with to help the transition from our brothers and sisters who are incarcerated to come back in into society with a smooth transition. We're going to kind of piggyback just a little bit off of that because when they come back into society and they start their life again from a basically a, like a reset, sometimes felony convictions still follow them and keep them from taking part of every part of life that should be human rights for everybody. So, uh-huh. We're going to talk about that. And the main thing we're going to talk about is the votes. We know election season is going to be coming up soon in November. And then we got presidential elections next year. And we know that every vote counts, whether people believe it or not. Every vote counts. And we're going to de- talk about that a little bit today. Okay. Now, first up, we got our featured guest on the show today. His name is Mr. Carl Farrell. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about this gentleman here. As an active and engaged member of the IUPAT Local 33, Carl has volunteered and assists numerous politicians that support union labor. Carl is a member and former president of the District Council 14 Young Lions Committee an organization that committed to social, community, and political volunteering. Carl is also a trustee of the Joliet Painters Local, number 33, along with being a founding member of the newly organized Will County Democratic Black Caucus and the Joliet Gatekeepers Community Empowerment and Mentoring Program. Carl is also a founding member of the Will County Chapter Black Lives Matter, and he's currently running for the Joliet Township trustee. And I believe that election has already been held and yeah. it's in the past. And we'll talk about that a little bit more where you can bring us up to date or whatever you want to share with us about that. But uh, most of all, he's a dedicated community activist with a keen interest in social and economic empowerment for distressed communities, as well as an advocate for equal education and opportunity. Welcome, Mr. Carl Farrell. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me here. All right, Mr. Farrell. Well, you said, can we call you Carl? Yeah, you can call me Carl. Carl, 
What so what what you been about in the last few years? I mean, what you do and how long you been doing it? All right, well, for the like the um like the the bio says, so I've been in the in the <laughs> trades and I've been organizing with the trades, um, the trade unions, a member of the trade unions. Mm -hmm. But uh since twenty twenty, um I've been dedicated and focused on uh organizing the community and um trying to trying to establish and fight for some forms of equity. Um, whether whether that be um, equitable legislative change mm -hmm. or just um, just righting the wrongs, some injustices that are done to the community, to a lot of people that are voices don't really know how to you know speak up or or how hard they can speak up or what they can speak up for. Mm -hmm. So and it's a it's a lot, you know, what I mean, it's a lot that mm -hmm. goes on on a day to day basis that just gets uh, accepted as the norm, <clears throat> but it's actually abnormal. Mm -hmm. So that's what I, I try to try to bring that knowledge um, to people so they can understand that you know we are stronger and stronger together, and it's a lot of power in the people. All right, well, thank you, thank you for that. We are so glad to have you on here because, like I said, I believe you have a lot of I want to say meat that you can bring to the table when we're talking about this. Because, like I said, we're talking about America's sleeping giant, and mostly what we're talking about is voters that are not either allowed to vote or that apathetic vote, and we'll get into that. And, and basically, the apathetic vote just means people that just don't care about it. They don't care. They don't have no concern. They don't. It doesn't mean anything to them. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. So setting the table for this one. Now we we gonna go a little bit off script, but we gonna we gonna go that route anyway. We gonna set the table with uh, a phrase from a interview with Larry Hoover. Now most of y'all that know Larry know of Larry Hoover know he was like the founding person of the gangster disciples in chicago and stuff and y'all say well what would he has to say that on this podcast that would be relevant well i tell you what back in 1996 he did an interview with jay prince which was the owner of the record label that the ghetto boys is on and i'm sure y'all know the ghetto boys are heard of with mr scarface willie d bushwick bill and back in the days in the 90s well we was all when i was younger okay i wasn't always in the church I did have one portion where I was outside the church and I was listening to everything. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is, on this particular album in 1996, uh, called the Resurrection album, Jay Prince did a live interview with Larry Hoover, was, is, who was incarcerated at that time. He's still incarcerated because he's got like six life sentences. Mm -hmm. So literally, that's just saying you, you're never getting out. Six life sentences. So... Uh, I'm not advocating for Larry Hoover because I, I don't know that that world. But when you find truth, you have to find truth wherever you find it. And, it, and during this interview, he used these words right here. He said, real gangsters go to the polls. Well, you know, we the ones make the difference, too. Exactly, responds Jay Prince. That's what's going to make the difference. You know, that's the sleeping giant that 40% apathetic, apathetic vote within our black community. So what he was saying back then is all the ones that's running around calling themselves gangsters or in the hood and all the different individuals are living in a black community that feels like their vote don't count. He said that's the real difference maker because that is the sleeping giant that if all those votes came to fruition, at least that's what I'm thinking, and we'll get in a little more detail and I'll see what you brothers think, that it would have a great impact 
on our voting system. And it can make a big difference than the way we see politics now. So that's setting the table right there. So let's go ahead and get started. Now, when you, you two hear, when y'all hear that statement, and I'll read it again if you want. What, I mean, what do y'all, what do you think? Man, it's a lot to that. Mm -hmm. So, so as far as with, with Larry um, and, and what they did, to him and all that time that he has now. Um, we got to keep in mind that um, after Fred Hampton, the strongest community organizers were the guys that put the, they, they put the community together and they grabbed the guys and they started they, they organizations, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of those organizations um, worked as non-profits, you know what mm -hmm. I mean, in different capacities. I mean, um, Jeff Fort, one of his first cases um, with the government when the government came after him was for um, misuse of uh, funds from the government because he was a he was a non-for-profit organization. They did have um, programs that fed the children in the morning. Um, they had homework program, after-school program, breakfast programs, medical programs. The same thing they carried on what the Panthers were doing in mm -hmm. a lot of different forms, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of things that happened in between that time. Now, in 93, 92, it was 92, 93, or 94. I can't remember, man. I was a kid, but I remember when... Um, Larry started, he was incarcerated, but he started making changes. They started making changes. And so one of those things they wanted people to do was if they were a member of that organization, they had to have a certain grade. If they went to school, they had to go to school. Mm -hmm. They had to have a certain grade point average. They had to um, participate uh, with the community as far as keeping their community clean. And then um, the guys that were old enough, they wanted them to vote. Now, that started that whole movement that they called 21st century. So okay. with that 21st century came some of the strongest black um, legislative members that we had, you know what I mean, throughout the 90s and early 2000s, uh, Carol Mosley Bryan came from out of that, from the communities being organized and people and pushing people out there to vote and showing people the power of their vote. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of the a lot of the um, aldermen that went in the city during that time, that's where they came from. They came because those communities organized and together and went out there and voted for people. So when he was in 96, when he was talking to Jay Prince um, about that, he was further, you know, speaking on what was going on. It was a 40% um, apathy at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, for, like you said, apathy means people are indifferent or they just don't care about the vote for whatever reason, but it's still a history behind that. It's a reason, it's things that happen. Um, people died to vote and it's things that happen. It's a lot of blood that got shed to deter black folks from getting out there to vote. Mm -hmm. And so in our households, we were raised sometimes that your vote doesn't count. As a scare tactic, because people got so many people died, people saw their people die, mm -hmm. literally trying to go vote. And a lot of times, people were like, man, your vote don't even matter. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Growing up through the generations, that transfer, you know how a rumor starts. Oh, yeah. It always changes. Mm -hmm. And so, through the generations, that part, that history was forgotten to be told that people died. It's dangerous doing that to just, it got to the point where, like, your vote doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So, when he was talking to Jay Prince about the 40% ap apathetic vote, uh, Man, that's real, and it's it's the the margin has grown now through the different tools and the different things um, that they have manufactured against us, our people specifically, mm -hmm. um, to constantly deter people from voting. The margin is even bigger now, especially like out here in a town like Joliet. Mm -hmm. If you look at the numbers um, um, for the elections, the election numbers, it's 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 crazy. It's ridiculous. Like, um, oh yeah, and I, I don't want to cut you off there because you right now you come talking about Joliet. I, I looked at some of the numbers of 
when the votes, because, you know, they display it after whoever yeah. wins or whatever. And, and then against uh, Mayor Darcy, who won this last time. But if a lot more of our people or people who feel like that vote is not important will come out and voice their opinion, no matter what it is, just come on. I think Joliet itself could be switched from the way it's being run, at least at the top. Because here's what's been changed in Joliet from my perspective is. We used to have a lot of those communities where we lived in certain areas, which was Forest Park area, the hill or whatever, the south end or the east side and all the different things where we were the majority ones that lived on that side. And then you had the west side and farther out. Well, what's the transition in the last few, I want to say, 10 decades or whatever, two decades, is a lot of the, the next generation of those families branched out and moved outside of that because they started doing better. Simple as that. They started moving out of, quote, unquote, the hood. So now when you look at Joliet as a whole, it still may have a good uh, black population, but we're not in one area yeah, where we can say, out. OK, let's put our alderman in there because we're not populated enough to do that. We don't spread out. But here's the key to that. Since we are not only in just the east side, south end and the. uh Forest Park area, the hill, whatever. That guess what? Since we're scattered out all the way across Joliet, we may not be able to put just our alderman there, but we can if we all come together across the whole entire city, put our own mayor in there. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, that vote everywhere counts, no matter where it is, spread it out. It's still accumulative enough to put whoever we want in mayor time after time compared to the population of Joliet. Right. I mean because you you deal with the voting, so I mean, what what do you think? I mean, I I think that's um man, like that's absolute truth, and then it's it's just a little more knowledge. Like people have to understand the possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like for example, um, like I said, I fight for equity mm -hmm. right, on a daily basis. So federally, it's a it's a federal mandate. It's a diversity, equity, and inclusion law. Mm -hmm. So we got all that cares money, and right now they doing the highway. Right, they're yeah. doing all that buildings, billion dollars worth of building. Oh, yeah. They're doing it. So you know that 25% of that federal, 26 and 6, 25 and 5. Federally, it's 25 and 5. 25% of that is supposed to go to minority business owners. 5% mm -hmm. of that is supposed to be go, go to women minority business owners. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you drive up and down the highway, you don't see any black crews out there. You don't see any black businesses out there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even with the money that comes down through the city for 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 business, um, Renewification or, mm -hmm. or or business startup, it's money that comes that's mm -hmm. supposed to get you know what I mean filtered in through the black community to the black businesses. Mm -hmm. So what's missing is like people knowing about that, but people don't know about that is mm -hmm. because they don't have the legislative bodies out here. You know what I mean that are that are gonna push for that form. Mm -hmm. So if nobody's fighting for that for you, and then you don't know about it, then you get a city that continually, um, you you're gonna have people like our people lose our ground like the hill. It's all those vacant spots. It's not a lot of ownership up there, right? Mm -hmm. You go down to the east side. Now, the east side is 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 mostly Hispanic. I mean, all the blocks did. Like, when I first came out here, I used to go to them. It used to be everybody outside, and it was mm -hmm. cracking. But from from um, from um Eastern, like, over to Mississippi, all those blocks are mostly Hispanic. Owned. Yeah. They are owned. Mm -hmm. So we, we have less ownership because we don't have the people mm -hmm. telling us, you know what I'm saying, and bringing these programs forth, like, for business growth, for economic development, you know what I'm saying, in the communities, like, and it's it's a lot, and all that all that can be controlled by the vote, 
That's right. All that can be controlled by who you voting in to get the information to you. Because back in May, I attended a luncheon, the same luncheon that uh, Senator Rachel Ventura was at. And we had Lauren Underwood there. And she was explaining, because this was the African American Business Association, which is with President Chris Parker. Right. And I'm sure you, you're familiar with them. Yeah, I'm familiar with Chris. And they came down, and, sh and she was explaining all these different programs that's coming to Will County where bills and stuff that's been put in place to help bring in early child development and help start young businesses and, like you said, minority business and stuff. And she said, you need to tell your people, your representation, to fight for you to get them funds. Mm -hmm. So how do we tell our representation by, by to do that by, without our vote? Right. You know, it's not like they don't know or do they know and just not telling us. I don't know. But what I'm saying is when you start using that vote with the power that is mentioned in our opening phrase, oh, you can you can have an impact on your whole community, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And another thing, like when you mentioned with the uh, the highway construction, that's a four billion dollar project that 80 uh, highway 80 corridor that they're expanding and all that. That's a $4 billion project that's supposed to be going over the next five years. Mm -hmm. And right now, they're probably in the second year, which you see all the changes of Richard Street and uh, Chicago Street and all those expansions and all the new highways and stuff going there. That project's going to keep going on because it's going to be spread all the way out there to get to Maple Road and New Lenox. Right. To where it's going to be three lanes across all, all across there. Now, the purpose, I believe, is that because we have in Will County here, it's being a central location with all of the trucking the industry, the warehousing that's going on here, by we being yeah. center in the United States. Mm -hmm. The largest. The, in the center largest in the United the States. Yeah. And all these airports and everything right here that wherever they want to ship products to, it hits Will County first. first. Uh -huh. And then it gets distributed out to all New York, uh, L.A., or wherever it needs to go. Because if the product's coming from overseas, they drop them off here. So when you mention about some of the businesses not being involved in some of that money, yeah, that is something that needs to be improved upon because it is enough money. You got the big major construction companies, and I'm not calling no names, but even if a younger one, a small one come, just give them something to get their fee started, to help them get their paperwork in order so that they can be a partner. And you can say this is your minority division or whatever, but it's, you, it needs to be some more representation Throughout with the state with some of these projects from the minority in Will County in Will County and, and look but like in Chicago so so in 2021 in the 2021 we opened up a union and my partner we opened a union uh painting and taping shop okay, okay? and um in the city of Chicago that diversity equity inclusion is real they that, that is followed up on the the aldermen is are not letting that slide if it's not enough blacks on the job site if the percentage is not there that it will be problems for that job site. The um, it even goes so far as that there are organizations that's that that you could specifically register with to make sure that you get your hand in the pie, because a lot of times you know with small businesses, a lot of black-owned businesses are small businesses. Small meaning they they make less than two point five million dollars a year, mm -hmm. and so being a small business, um, it's hard to compete on paper with somebody who's making 200 million a year mm -hmm. and you only making 500,000, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's hard to compete with them because they could take a loss just to beat you out. Yes. And so it's a requirement 
that that it's a it's it's doors open for businesses in Chicago. There's a lot of it's a lot of it's like fifty two cranes in the air in Chicago. It's a lot of money mm-hmm. out here. That those DEI requirements are already written in the city. They're written in the city ordinance. Mm-hmm. It just takes for the for the county, uh, um, and, and and for the city to push for it, and then take for people to ask for that push, which goes back to the vote. It goes back to that right? vote because if if your vote doesn't count, like so, if they know that your community, if they look at the numbers, because everything is about numbers. Oh yeah, right? men lie, Fresh women lie. And numbers, yeah. Numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. And so if they look at those numbers, the politicians look at the numbers and they see that. Okay, you you in the nineteenth district out here. You in the twenty third district, and that district, the voting turnout was like eighteen percent, and and of that eighteen percent, three percent was black. So you don't even matter. I don't even have to listen to you or push for something for you because when we come out to vote next time, I got my voting base. Mm-hmm. You see, what I'm saying I don't have nothing oh, to worry yeah. about. I can move, I can move how I want to move because I got my voting base already. You don't you don't matter. And so as as long as we stay at home like that. And people don't come out to vote, mm-hmm. then this is the result of that. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you you hit the nail on the head right there because I'm I'm just gonna transition a little bit and then we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back and we'll talk a little bit more. But I want to transition to this. When you look at it on a federal level, and we're talking about the votes, and then we're gonna get into it a little bit more with people who's been incarcerated who gets out and can't get the right to vote. And some gets out, and then, like I said, once they're free, they can vote again. And then some states you live in, no matter what, you never can vote. Right. And I think that uh, contributes to some of the things that we deal with on the federal level. And I'm just only translating just for a minute. Like when we look at Mitch McConnell, who stands up there at the age he's at, and God bless me, he's done a lot of work for his constituents, people that voted him in, let's say it like that. And at the age, and you can see that, Mentally, he's having some kind of situation because when he stand up there in press conference, he just go blank, mm-hmm. and they got almost tap on the shoulder like, like they like he's a wind up dial, and then all of a sudden it goes down. You get to go back and wind him back up so he can start talking again. But the point I'm saying is, people always want to say, well, let's put age limits on the politicians and how long they can be in this and all that stuff like that. No, I think if we start holding them accountable with our vote to them doing what they say they was going to do and started, instead of telling us what they're going to do, look at their record and see what have they done. Yeah. And then yeah. once you see what they have done and see, do I really want to vote this person in again? You have to worry about age limits because if they ain't doing what they told you they was going to do, they won't be there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that that's another thing that's the vote can be used to do. You don't have to worry about making a rule of say once you get 70, you can't know because every 70 year old ain't the same person. Right. 70 <laughs> still could be functioning good. But if that person still is not doing what he told you he was going to do, well, it's time for everybody to say, guess what? Let's put somebody else in there. Let's go in a different direction. Give somebody else a chance to get something accomplished, not just say. Hi, I'm Senator Rachel Ventura, and you're listening to the Mike, DJ, and Doc podcast. Hey, y'all, what's happening? It's your brother in the footwork and your footwork newsboy, DJ Cornerstone. And y'all, we got a treat coming up September 29th. We got two banging parties going down in Joliet. First off, Joliet's very own DJ T-Bone has his black tie affair happening. It is a sold-out ticketed event. Also, the legendary Ghetto House producer 
and DJ from the south side of Chicago, DJ Sluggo, will be in Joliet, y'all. It's going to be live. And want to give a special birthday shout out to our dear brother Boo Dilla and Prince J. Ron and our dear sister DJ Cunique. All of them celebrated their birthdays this month. And a special congratulations to P-Top, Chum, and Goon Squad, the Raw Footwork crew, y'all, for their dynamic performance they had with Chance the Rapper earlier this month. And yo, coming up in October on the 20th, Lightworks is going down. A. Curry Photography and Footwork Cafe, Nebula 5, they get together every third Friday out in Bridgeport. I'm going to give you that address in a little bit. They come together and do what's called Lightworks, where they photograph the footworkers, uh, video, video the footworkers. The first, I believe, first 10 or 12 that get there gets free professional photos and free professional videos of themselves to use for their portfolios. So y'all, go ahead and get in on that. You don't want to miss that. You can't be free, especially when it's professional quality. But the address is going to be at the Bridgeport Arts Center at 1200 West 35th Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60609. Again, from 8 to 10 p.m. You can check them out on Instagram, Lightworks. That's spelled L-I-T-E-W-U-R-K-S. Or go to footworkcafe.com for more info. But that's it for On the Corner with Your Brother. DJ Cornerstone, till next time, y'all. Peace and blessings. All right, welcome back to the Mike, DJ, and Doc podcast, where our guest is Mr. Carl Farrell. And uh, thank you again, sir, for being on here. As we were just talking about the power of the vote, we are talking about America's sleeping giant, that apathetic vote. And we also want to lump into there the vote of people that's done being incarcerated and getting out and not allowed to vote again, or getting involved in different things. And then the uh, vote shows up to pulls them out of the situation or their past record keeps punishing them as they move forward in life and try to move on to a different thing. So while doing some research, looking at some voting rights, I came across an article from Axios.com that was written by Mr. Eugene Scott. And it's called, but it's, and it was put out on August 23rd, 2024. So it's recent. And it's the ongoing fight over felons voting rights heats up for 2024. Like we mentioned earlier, we got election season coming up uh, in November of this year for probably a lot of local offices. And then you also have the uh, voting for the presidential and federal level coming up in 2024. And like was mentioned in our opening phrase about that sleeping giant and those unrealized <clears throat> votes, the people who hasn't registered to vote. Now, when we look at that, we had already discussed how important your vote can have an impact from the PTA board all the way up to the federal level. And if you sit back and don't use that vote, that if uh, you're not voting for it, then you you agreeing with what's happening. Mm -hmm. You're agreeing with what's happening. So it's kind of hard to sit back and complain about this, that, and the other where your vote don't mean it, but you ain't even voicing your opinion. So you need to 
voice your opinion. But anyway, talking about the fight over felons' rights to vote. Now, in all, more than 5.8 million convicted Americans, the vast majority of felons, but some with misdemeanor convictions, are prevented from voting. The issue also is layered in racial politics. Black Americans who make up about 12% of the U.S. population account for about, what, 40% of the felons who can't vote. There that 40% go again. That 40%. So, 40% is a lot of votes mm -hmm. that can make a difference in no matter what the election is. And here, you probably can help me since you, you grew up in Chicago. You could probably help me with this. Now, we know that Chicago is very diverse, and you mentioned that with the different nationalities and all the different communities and different things like that. But down through the years, we noticed that, like you said, when that black vote comes together, they can elect who they want for the mayor. Mm -hmm. We've seen it happen with Mayor Harold Washington. We've seen it happen this past election, I believe, with Mr. Bryant. Yes. Uh, Johnson, that a lot of people who normally didn't vote came out and voted. However, they did that underground and got that vote together, but they were able to elect him to be the leader over all Chicago. And I believe that is important. I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you think? Is that any truth to that? As far as people come together? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of power in the people. Um, when when Fred Hampton used to say that all power to the people, um, what they were saying was that really all, all power is to the people. Whatever you want to happen, it can't happen. You just have to collectively get together, you know what I mean, and be the voice and, and make it happen. Because if if same thing with a vote, mm -hmm. if if twenty thousand people say this the man for the job, and that man told us that that man gonna speak for us, mm -hmm. right? So they put that man in place and then those same 20,000 people go to that man and say, hey, you know, this is what we want. We want more money for these schools over here. We want y'all to stop closing these schools. Mm -hmm. That man know that you know, <laughs> his his position, his power, his authority is based on what these people want and his mm -hmm. his his willingness, you know what I mean, to keep these people happy. Now, if it's something that's reasonable, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and he doesn't do it, then like you said earlier, then he should look forward to not being in that seat. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? So that's the thing. Like, man, we control in a in a democratic society, we control we control what happens. These these people, the legislators that um that are elected, the elected officials that are elected, they're not special people. They're not rich. We're not in 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 England. You know what I mean? It's not the king and you know what I mean, the queen mm -hmm. and stuff. These these are people who we are giving that power to. We're we're just saying that these people had a right to speak for us. They're gonna they're gonna say what we want. They're gonna advocate for our rights, for what we want, our needs. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of power um, with the people, man. It's just getting organized and getting people to have the knowledge mm -hmm. to know what they can do. Now, now, like with the, the, the people who's been convicted of felonies, misdemeanors or whatever, I mean, how do, I want to say, how, how do we go about trying to change the laws for that? Because some stuff been written already that can change some laws. I'm going I'm to share with y'all real quick from Chicago Votes. Now, Chicago Votes is a non-for-profit organization in Chicago that is rallying the younger generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
they they are getting out. They say whatever it takes. I mean, they even got swearing words in their their uh some of their banter. But the point is, they like give a blank vote. You know what I'm saying? And don't matter what's going on, vote, unite and vote. And anybody can look it up. I mean, it's a great organization, and, and they're growing in numbers. But here's some of the bills that they put out that rec they recognize to let you know what's available to turn that around. Voting in jails. The Senate Bill 2090 passed in 2019. <clears throat> Senate Bill 2019 ensures voters who are eligible and incarcerated have access to the ballot. The legislation also provides voter education and voter registration form to people in the reentry process. Cook County Jail will be the first jail in the country to become an official polling location. So 2020, that's a bill that was voted on and passed. So you got people now that's incarcerated in jail in Cook County mm -hmm. can register to vote and vote while they're in jail. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. You have uh, civics in the IDJJ, which is the mm -hmm. Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice. Senate Bill 2116 requires the Illinois Department of Juvenile Justice to provide civics education workshop for the youth 12 months prior to release. Now, when we look at that juvenile vote, oh, the mind of a young person. Now, while they are in juvenile detention, they wrote a bill that says it's required to teach them about civics, civics education. So even if they didn't get into high school and <clears throat> if they're in juvenile for whatever reason, they still got an opportunity that is the is required that they be taught it before they come back into the society. Now, with those two areas of young people being taught and the other one with the Chicago Votes who are rallying, it's going to be a change coming. It's going to be a change coming. And the older vote are baby boomers, generation after that. And, of course, us being Generation X, you know, the, the next one in line after the baby boomers and all that kind of stuff. Well, if we look around at our grandmothers, grandfathers, and uncles and all that stuff, God rest their soul, they're going on. So their vote's going with them, of course. And it's happening not only in our community, but it's happening in theirs, too. Mm-hmm. Because death doesn't have no prospective person. Death takes everybody. So you don't have to be black, white, or whatever when death comes. So if the new generation are being motivated and inspired to get involved and they're creating new avenues for felons to re-enter the society and with the vote, what, I mean, what do you think will help further that? I mean, anybody. Man, um, I'm going to jump in right there <clears throat> because uh, the miseducation of the people, that's a powerful truth. And we often heard the terminology, ignorance is bliss. What that is to say, because a lot of people say it and don't even know what they're saying. What it's saying is that if you don't know about something, whether it be good or whether it be a problem, you don't worry about it. And like y'all were saying, there was money and things made available for, you know, mm -hmm. a lot, billions of dollars. And they got a lot going on with construction and fixing roads. Mm -hmm. But more of that money is allocated for others. But guess what? Their ignorance is bliss. They don't know nothing about it. Mm -hmm. So and if you don't know about something, you know what I'm saying? You know, even the scriptures say in all that getting, get an understanding, you know, 
understand why they're doing all this, you know, construction and all this renewal on these roads. You know, we're speaking of Illinois right now. Mm-hmm. And for those that are listening abroad, you know, in whatever state or city you in, know what's made available for you through CARES Act and through other acts, through grant, through fundings. You know, you, you, you need to be educated to know what's there. Otherwise, your ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. You will never worry about something, whether it be for you or against you. Why? Because you don't, you, you just won't worry about it because you don't know nothing about it. So, I mean, education is powerful. Getting the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge is powerful in this situation. And uh, I would say there it is, but we're not at that point yet. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> right, we're not but there, there yet. But there it is, anyway. Right, yeah, but, that, that's, but a, that's a good yeah. point you make. That's a good yeah. point you make because, yeah. see, the and the earlier, the better. I mean, yes. If, yes. They're, if they're teaching at a young age, just like with the programs, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure in those programs that you mentioned when they were serving <clears> the <throat> breakfast or the dinners, they were talking to them kids about what the issues are going on in the city. Yeah, they got political education. They got political yeah. education because, see, like I said, you probably a direct product of it, you know, from being in that era. So, like I said, being around people that's teaching and letting folks know what's available, now that should, that's something that you can kind of work with to let you know what that vote is for. Mm-hmm. What that vote is for. Right. Instead of worrying about, oh, man, I mean, we can look at TV and we can look at the news. We can look at CNN. We can look at Fox and all these different things. And a lot of that stuff is nothing more than a distraction mm-hmm. to keep your mind occupied on something that's not really important. Right. It's fluff. It's, it's a lot of it is. A lot of it is. And, um, and uh, man, I you know what, man? I just want to shout out to uh, Doc, right? Doc, yes. That when Doc prayed okay. earlier, um, I, 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 I believe I heard him. Uh, pray for uh, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, mm. and and yes. like like he just said, man, knowledge is power, right? It's the it's the most powerful thing you can have. It's to to acquire some knowledge and through understanding turn them into wisdom, right? And 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 that's the thing right now. So like, um, as far as you talking about the changes, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. even in Joliet, uh, it was a group of people. Um, speak out, uh, speak out does the they do a lot of voter registration in Joliet. Mm-hmm. And them specifically, because I'm with a I'm with a group uh, called Equity and Transformation. I'm a mm-hmm. member of Equity and Transformation on a leadership board, Joliet chapter, mm-hmm. and um, and we do, you know, like for the next elections, I'm pretty sure we end up doing some some voter registration drives too. But what Speak Out did with Trisha and uh, uh, Sherry Hill, and uh, I can never remember the other lady's name, but she gonna have to forgive mm-hmm. me. But they they mm-hmm. they fought behind that bill that passed in 2019, mm-hmm. right? Because like you said, ignorance is bliss, mm-hmm. right? And, and people that don't know, they don't care, right? It's, mm-hmm. ap- it's apathetic. Mm-hmm. People that don't know, they don't care. They either they indifferent. Some people didn't know they apathetic. They indifferent. Mm-hmm. But because that bill passed, that means that people in the Will County Jail also, if they weren't convicted yet, while they sitting there fighting their case, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? And they and they detained, they have the right to vote. And so, wow. yeah, so they fought mm-hmm. that and they had to push out here because this is a different, this is a different monster. Joliet a different monster mm-hmm. because it's it's big enough to make a difference, but it's small enough to control. So they got a tight power structure out here. And it's a lot of things <laughs> that's not going to get advocated for uh-huh. because they're going to keep that knowledge away from people. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, everybody in Joliet inside the county, Will County Jail has the right to vote. And so what they did was they pushed and they and they pushed and they uh they got some, Legislators involved, and mm-hmm. boom, 
It had to get passed on the county level. They had to get those guys in there, you know what I'm saying, a proper mm-hmm. notification to register the vote and then the access to the voting machine, mm-hmm. to the voting booths. And so then that's where it comes with the the knowledge. And just like how we sitting here and we discussing and we going to do um, our things to, like, we trying to put together um, um, political education classes. I got people that I'm affiliated with that actually, like Ernest Krim, he's actually mm-hmm. out there. He actually has a a curriculum for children, for a youth curriculum mm-hmm. um, that he pushes um, on his website and um, in person at times, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? He was a history teacher, and he, so he's mm-hmm. disgusted by the way that the history is taught because mm-hmm. it's not true. It's not They give you what they want you to learn to make you a member of their society. Mm-hmm. But if we knew the truth, society would be completely different. Yes. And so um, with people doing that and actively doing it the same way we're doing it, mm-hmm. they're doing it. Next. It's communities out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to Plainfield. Plainfield has a young Republican Party in their high schools that is strong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They may have a, a young Democratic Party too. <clears throat> Matter of fact, I've seen it before. They do have a young, the young Democrats, you know what I mean, in their high school. But if you go to oh. our communities, you don't see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Right for a lot of reasons. One, the money may not be there to fund it in the mm-hmm. schools to have those kind of programs to have that that extracurricular uh, political education um, in those schools. Mm-hmm. But the, the places where they where they allocating, they taking the money from robbing Peter to pay Paul, and they allocating the extra money, and mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying that you know they they got a lot of stuff that they organize. So as hard as we organize, we got to remember it's always people organizing. You know what I'm saying opposite of us. They don't want what we want. Yeah. It's always gonna be mm. opposition. Yeah. It's always gonna be opposition. Because like wow. you said, if we if we was a society that everybody thought the same all the time, we'd just be another cult. Yeah. So you know, you're gonna have people that's got difference of opinions, but it's still the point is with the voting is to let your opinion be heard. Right. Let your opinion be heard. And like you said, we're not advocating for one party or the other, but we are advocating that you exercise your right or register to vote if you can. If you can register to vote, we ask, we we stand here on the Mike DJ and Doc podcast. Look. Take the time to, to make that registration. One more note I'm going to make about registration, and then we're going to take our last break. How many of y'all are aware of, y'all know Taylor Swift, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all know the singer. She's selling out concerts all over America, everywhere she go. On last week, a couple of days before this recording, she sent out to all her fans on voter registration day to go out and register to vote. That's strong. She's told them all yes. the register to go. <laughs> That's real. Strong. And from that, Taylor Swift told fans to register to vote. Then vote.org got 35,000 new voter registrations. That's strong. 35,000. Like, but just think about it. She's talking to millions and millions of followers mm-hmm. that ain't registered to vote and go out and register to vote. Why is it important that she says that to them? Because she knows the influence she has over people mm-hmm. with her music and everything. Wow. And she knows that, guess what? If I encourage them to get into the voting process, guess what? That wherever they vote for whoever, whatever, that's a lot of power to move people forward. And that's going to have a oh, direct yes. impact on what happens in the political society. And the reason why I say that is, suppose she comes out and say, well, she wants to support such and such candidate. You know what I'm saying? If she comes out and says oh, she, yeah. wants, she wants to support such and... Who you think those new voters they, going to vote for? They're going to vote with her. They're they going to vote with her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're going to vote with her. So. Gonna vote with her. That's it. So, 
So what what I'm what I'm saying here is, guess what? People that's tune in, tell your people and your family or whatever that uh-huh. thinks the vote is not important, register to vote. And if you ain't register, register yourself. Yeah. You know? And and because here's here's the bottom line again. If say, for instance, and then I'm just throwing it out there, say three million new registered voters just start popping up registrations. You don't think the ones that's in politics, all these chiefs of staffs everywhere are going to be trying to wonder, what do we say to all these new voters? Do we know what these new voters want? Who who are they coming in? You don't think that would throw the whole political world into a, a frenzy trying to figure out who I need, what I need to say to get them? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to got all these new registered voters coming out of the woodworks from some, from who knows where. And I think that would put pressure on them and to rethink what their campaign is about, you know, that's that's just my thought, and especially because, like I said, we talking about the the black community that forty percent. Do you know what that means with them coming trying to figure out? But what do they want? What's the what do the blacks want? Now we've been telling y'all for years, you know what I'm saying? We've been telling y'all for years whatever we want, and some cases some things have worked out, and I'm, and I'm not bad mouthing all of because some things have benefited us, but some things have not. Right. And and like I said, I, I don't want to just stay on the black and white, but we're talking about the 40% of ours just apathetic is the main topic. And if they would come out and register and everybody who ever been released from incarceration that can vote would come out and vote. Uh, one quick second, uh, uh, Brian, put up the map of the cities, the states that don't even allow you to to make that vote. Now, what we're looking at right now is the map of the United States. And it's color-coded to different things, and we're not going to go into all the details on it. But if you look at the orange ones, like Arizona, Minnesota, Minnesota, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, some with felony convictions can't vote. Uh, look at the ones in yellow. People with felony convictions can can vote upon completion of sentence. You got oh. what Texas? <clears throat> you have uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Missouri, uh, Wisconsin up there. So they they can vote once they've been released. They can register to vote. Mm-hmm. And then you has. The light green, everyone has the right to vote, which is only <laughs> two states. There's only two states in the whole no United way. States that no matter what, you everybody has the right to vote. And that's yes. Maine. And what's that up? Is that, that's not New Jersey. What is that? I don't know if that's New Hampshire or okay. <laughs> some of it. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. Yes. So what I'm saying is now when you look at this map, you can see that why we have some people like Mitch McConnell in. All the time. Right. Because there's no new voters can come in other unless they're born and come of age. But none of the adults who are released or from this conviction, the felons or whatever, that never transpired into a vote that maybe puts them in there or pull them out. That's a control of the system right there. That's a big control. That's a control of the system right there, voting rights. And that's what people got to understand. And, like, people got to people gotta question. Like, it's always good to ask questions. And I know a lot of people when they were kids, they were they were they were told don't ask questions. But if you if you don't know, you know what I mean, you can't do better. And 
you gotta ask why. So the the main question right here is like, why? Why does that map look like mm -hmm. that? Why, um, why why are they trying to restrain certain people from voting? Or certain yeah. certain certain groups of people from voting? Mm. How did it get to the point where, um, where laws were even created that said that like you couldn't vote, right? Because mm -hmm. in all actuality, according to the Constitution, according to your civil your constitutional rights, mm -hmm. everybody has the right to vote. If you don't have the right to vote and take part. In a in a in in a democracy that you live in, mm -hmm. then you're not a full citizen. And if you're not there a you full go. citizen, then you getting taxed without representation. And now we go back to the res to the uh to the Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm. We go back to the Boston Tea Party. That's taxation without representation. <laughs> if I can't have a voice that understands me and mm -hmm. went through what I went through, and so like right now, currently, like in Illinois, uh, I'm part of a fully free campaign. Right, mm -hmm. fully free campaign. We trying to remove 1,189 laws that affect people post-arrest, not even post-conviction, but post-arrest mm -hmm. that, that that interfere with your life, whether it be housing, uh, jobs, mm -hmm. uh, different political offices, things of that nature. We're trying to get those laws removed. We have a, a piece of legislation uh, that we push into the, to the legislative members now. It's called the Peace Act. Mm -hmm. And what the Peace Act does, it, it, remove, it will remove or set definite barriers for people post-conviction post to be elected for certain positions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, like I was elected. Right. I was elected. They got me removed from my seat because of uh, convictions, prior convictions, um, over a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the thing is, is if I, if I served my sentence, completed mm -hmm. my sentence, and then you know what I'm saying, went a period of time without you know any wrongdoings, and all I've been doing is good for the people then why can't I be a voice for the people? Mm -hmm. If I pay my taxes like everybody else, why can't I represent the people? Mm -hmm. And so it should be definite barriers or restrictions of that, or else it is a permanent punishment. And you can't be a full citizen of the United States if you can't vote. Mm -hmm. And so that's what that's what people got to understand. Now, all this can be changed. All they to do is people ask a few questions and push for it. The Supreme Court going to say you're right because mm -hmm. they said it before, right? Mm -hmm. I got a guy named uh, Andy Williams, man. He's real big on um, um, laws and policy. And you know what I'm saying? He he explains it all the time. Uh how your constitutional rights, mm -hmm. matter of fact, it's something in the thirteenth amendment, it's Article Three of the Thirteenth Amendment, uh, which describes fully a clause, uh wait, a badge or incident of slavery. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of things that happened post slavery, post eighteen sixty five, um, after the black codes, right? Mm -hmm. Post eighteen sixty five, there were laws that were established to to be able to lock free slaves up. Right for mm -hmm. for for nothing. Um, if you didn't have a job, you were you you were considered a, uh, I forgot the word, but it was it was a law against not having a job. It was a law against not having a house. When those free slaves had to go get jobs from the same people that they were slaves, you know what I mean? That were their slave master. Yeah, sharecropping. But mm -hmm. so through they through what they they developed like an apprenticeship where people had to sign on somebody as an indentured servant. Mm -hmm. You had to get signed on to get a job. And so you you were going back to the people that formerly enslaved you for work. And a lot of times the white folks were like, nah, we're not doing that. So mm -hmm. if you if you was a free slave, didn't have a job at times, you can get locked up. But mm -hmm. what what was legal after you got locked up mm -hmm. was slavery again. Yes. Because the only time involuntary servitude is legal is if you if you somebody that's locked up, if you're in prison. Yes. Right? So I'm just saying these laws come from somewhere. That's why that map looks like Oh, that. I, I tell you what. Just a quick point, <laughs> then we're going to take our last break. 
I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> you got something, Doc? <laughs> no, I, well, I'm we... done. <laughs> I just, hey, that was powerful. I'm done. <laughs> because you mentioned oh, that sharecropping. See, yeah. my my grandfather was a sharecropper down in Mississippi. Yeah, and he left there and moved because he he because the deal was here's how it was: you worked, and then we would split the crop or whatever. And once you paid, you met your quota, this, that, and the other. But every year, the slave person, well, the indigenous servant, or whatever you want to call them right at this point, the person in the contract, you would be in debt to the the owner Jeez. because you didn't come up with your portion yeah. of the crops we covered. And if you couldn't count, read, or write, how do you know what you how was getting you know or whatnot? Yeah. If, wow. if, if you can say, well, my space is over here, and this is what I give you with the space— well, then they telling you it came up short. So now you owe me for this year and next year. So you can't leave because you got to work that off. Right. You ain't never getting free like that. Well, granddad took off. <laughs> he, he he seen the future of that wasn't going to work. And then he came up here to Illinois and then moved the family later. But anyway, we're going to take our last break and then we'll be back with There It Is. All right. On the Mike, DJ, and Doc podcast. There it is. Hey, good deal. Today, as we get ready to wrap up the show with There It Is, I'm going to bring a verse from Psalms 20, verse 7. It says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And today, the, as I get ready to wrap this up, the relevant question would be asked, how much trust can you put in the system that the person you're voting for is going into. I know many people will probably have that question of concern. How much trust could I put in the system, you know, of the person that I'm voting for? Because many times it's not even about the person. It's about the system. And so that's where we have to be, get the knowledge that we need that we mentioned earlier about understanding, you know, what's going on, understanding systems, because this world is, is set up on systems. There's the system of this world, you know, the kingdom of this world. And so even the scripture talks about, you know, that. And um, we just really want to get the knowledge and understand, you know, how and what we're doing as a people and how the narrative can be controlled. Earlier, it was mentioned about Taylor Swift and how there are people in position and place that are on a mission to control the narrative. You know, when people tell you to go do something, but they don't educate you and give you the knowledge on who and what to do when you get there. Because you can just show up the poll, like, I want to vote, I want to vote, but you don't even know who you're voting for, what you're voting for. So getting the knowledge to understand, getting educated on who you're voting for, you know, can I trust the system that they going into? Because many times the system is what control. The person is just a pawn in the, in the hand of the system being controlled. So, you know, and many times money is a powerful force in this world in controlling systems. You know, a lot of people get sold out, get bought out, get paid out. So can I trust the system? You know what I'm saying? Getting understanding on the system. And hey, there it is. But some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But at the end of the day, you always got to keep your trust in the power of God. 
and having faith to believe that whatever you face, that you can get through this because man, a failure. Come on. But at the end of the day, you want to be able to rest at ease in your soul, in your mind and in your will, knowing that I'm in the perfect plan and the will of God. And there it is. Hmm. All right. Again, thank you, Doc. Thank You're you, welcome, Doc. Bro. There it is. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, Carl, thank you for being on the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you that tuned in, you heard something that you didn't know that would inspire you to change your life or move it in a different direction. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners, what you got coming up or how they can contact you or anything that's going on with you? Yeah, they could uh they could contact me on uh I'm on Facebook. Uh this is my name, Carl with a K and then Farrell F E R E L L. Um uh Instagram, uh Mr. Farrell24. Um you can follow me on either one of those. I always post um what we got going on. Uh, we just gonna continue fighting for the people. The uh, the legislation we're trying to get passed to to remove um permanent punishments and and uh and set definite boundaries on these barriers um uh, so that people can be full citizens. And and we're just gonna continue to spread um spread the, the knowledge that we have and the things that we learn and try to organize so that you know we can be stronger and stronger together. Um one last comment though, man, because sure. cause Doc keeps dropping them bombs on me, man. <laughs> and, and he he said he said uh he mentioned uh how some people are corrupted, especially uh in this system, uh a lot of a lot of people are corrupted by money. And that's the reason why the whole system is just corrupted because mm -hmm. everything in this country, you know, they, they call it capitalist, capitalistic, but sometimes it's not such a good thing because he, slavery was, you know what I mean? A tool of capitalism and, mm -hmm. and um, money was the cause of that. And so mm -hmm. still money is the cause when it comes down to it, money is the cause and the reason for a lot of the, um, a lot of the problems and a lot of issues that, that we face. Um, as people of color and in, in communities, in distressed communities, uh, period, it always ends up being a money issue. And so people, got, like I said, you got to ask the questions why you got to follow the dollar and you'll see, you'll see what, what those dollars support and, and you will see what problems those dollars cause and how those, how those dollars can cause um, oppression even to this day. It's still mm -hmm. a lot of systemic oppression that's going on. It's just here and it's not even in plain view and it's so accepted that it's normal but it's there. Yes. And so as long as it's there, you know, it, we, we'll continue to fight. I, I appreciate mm -hmm. you guys for, for sharing light on these topics mm -hmm. and giving me the opportunity yes. to be here with you and speak. All right. Hey, man. Thank you. Much love. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah. One final note, we, yes. want, we want to make sure it's the love of money is the cause of all evil. Yeah. Wow. It's the love of money. All yes. right. Thank you for tuning in to the Mike, <laughs> DJ, and Doc podcast. We'll see you next yes. time. Hey, peace and love, brother. Till next time. All right. If you have any questions for Doc, DJ, or Mike, please go to MikeDJAndDoc.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. New episodes released on the 7th and 21st of each month. Matthew 25 and 40, Good News Translation, The King Will Reply. I tell you, whenever you did this for one of the least important of these followers of mine, you did it for me. We leave you with this question. Am I helping at least one person? The Mike DJ and Doc podcast is brought to you by Silver Cup Investments. Recorded at Audio Hive Podcasting.